are listening to Our Anxiety Stories, the Anxiety Canada podcast with John Bateman. Check out anxietycanada.com for more totally free anxiety resources, including our app MindShift CBT. Lucy Decatur. Okay, the first thing I have to say to you, and hopefully we're not working blue today. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay, although you were on Trailer Park Boys, and a lot of that was blue, I'll tell you that. I mean, a lot of it was blue, but to be fair, my life has been so much bluer than that, that that's fine. Wait a minute. What are we talking about right now? You're my second DHS alumni, Dartmouth High School alumni I've talked to today. And it's, I talked oh, to Andrew Scott from with. Sloan earlier today. And, oh, uh, Andrew Scott. Yeah. And uh, now I'm getting to talk to you, which is just fabulous. We've known each other for 30 or 40 years or something. And it's great to hear your voice again. I haven't talked with you in such a long time, and so much has happened since then. And I'm absolutely so happy to hear your voice. It makes me just giddy. Oh, that's great, because normally you're just text on Messenger. Okay. I know. <laughs> but what, what, what we're asking people to start off the show, to start off with the interview, I don't know if you know this or not, but that what we're basically asking is the fundamental question is, what is your anxiety story? What is your anxiety story, Lucy? Oh, my God. You know what? I'm actually extremely lucky because yeah. my anxiety story is actually parenthetical. It is, it, I mean, I, it had a beginning and, and sort of an end. It was sort of shaped like a meteor. You used a big word. It took me for a second to know what parenthetical meant. Do you need me to pause so you can just look that up? So. Parentheses, something like that? Yeah, it's bracketed. Okay. So there is, like, I'm not an anxious person. I'm fairly, like, wired and um, upbeat and yeah. also energetic. Yeah. And sometimes that energy is more frenetic than others. And as I have more experience in the world, it gets more grounded. But um, I've always been a fairly lit person. Yeah, but I've never sure. really had huge anxiety except for, I guess, like, four years ago. And it kind of lasted intensely for a few months yeah. and then gradually faded away until I just noticed one day that it wasn't there anymore. That's usually how and it ends up pre presenting that it's gone as you just have a realization and you just kind of keep going. Yeah, it's kind of great. Yeah, yeah but, that's a good feeling. Um, I know when it started, I, I remember when I felt it. It was, uh, I was on my, it was just like between talking to the press about my experience with Gian Gameshi and it being published there was like a few days because they had to vet the story, lawyer it, um, and wait for stuff, and, and sort of things don't happen automatically in the press. And so in that time, I could feel there was this psychic weight that was kind of coming down on me. And I was on my way to meet with a photographer who was going to take my picture, which had happened a bunch of times. But this particular time it was it was sort of loaded because I knew that the photograph was going to accompany this, this story that uh, was I wasn't sure how it was going to be received mm -hmm. and I was on my bike and I was riding to uh, where I was meeting a photographer and as happens my heart rate elevated but I couldn't handle that feeling it felt like I was slipping into an anxiety attack right. and um, and then after that for like a year or longer, I couldn't actually stand having my heart rate elevated. Interesting. Um, yeah. And that's a bummer because in my line of work, I need to stay fit and I need to exercise. And also just like, it's a good idea to 
use your body in a way that exhausts it. And I was not able to do that for a while. Yeah. Um, so that's when I first noticed a tangible shift. Yeah. And, but because I have had lots of trauma early in my life, I'm really good with dissociation and I'm really good with pretending things aren't happening and feeling yeah. like I'm above certain, not above, I'm outside of certain experiences. Right. Um, it didn't occur to me that that was maybe a, a hint. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, yeah. so it wasn't until I had uh, finished testifying in the Gameshi trial, mm. and I was in my friend's house, and he is the raddest person in the world. Yeah. And I was in his living room or whatever, sleeping, trying to sleep on the sofa, and the lights had come down. Mm-hmm. Because it was nighttime. I'm making it sound like it was a movie. It was night. <laughs> no, well, you're, you're, you're a dramatic person. It's okay. <laughs> Painting pictures with words, baby. Yeah. So the sun set, and I was in bed, and suddenly my eyes were wide awake. And I felt like it was something that I referred to as the Savannah scan. I felt like I couldn't sleep because it was nighttime, and I had to keep the saber-toothed tigers away. Wow. That's another metaphor. I know there were no tigers, yeah. but um, I couldn't sleep at night anymore wow. and I was like oh this must be a reaction to trauma and this is why people whom I know who survive trauma can't sleep at night yeah. they can only nap yeah and it manifests different ways like um, if I went to someone's house and also there were other issues like I had some health complications that came from being under a lot of stress for a long time yeah so if I went to somebody's house for dinner and they said yeah it's gonna be me and somebody else and you I was like that's great and I'd go to dinner Mm. But if there was another person there, it was a problem. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because I couldn't, I was like, I, I, I know this person's great. I can't do that. Yeah. Um, I've experienced very all, similar. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I, none of this is like at all special. It was special no, no, at the moment. That, and, but new, that's but a lot of our point today is that, right. is that this isn't special. This is what we all experience. Yeah. Yeah. So, and suddenly I understood like so many people's experiences with the world. So, um, I also like if somebody was like, "Oh, do you want to hear a really crazy story?" I was like, "No, no, I do not." <laughs> yeah. I don't want to hear. And another thing that happens too is, um, I was coming home from work one day and I wasn't feeling great, and um, I stopped into a friend's house, um, and she has two young kids who I was really close with. Mm. And I walked into her house, and I was like, I'm not going to be here for a while. Mm. Like, I can't come here yeah. because I can't be around your kids. Yeah, yeah. And her kids are not jerks. No. I'm not, kids like, can uh, it's, I feel like when you hang around with children, you need to respond to them on, an, on a level that drives with wherever they're at. So, like, if someone's two months old, I'm like, yeah, let's just look at the wall for a while. You're a baby. That's great. Yeah. If someone's <laughs> three, I'll be like... Do you want to fill stuff up and then empty it? Are you down with that? Yeah, you know, like yeah, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I couldn't do that, yeah, for years. And uh, I have a niece who is 17, and I was, I'd lived in Halifax for a few years, and I was leaving, and, and she and I had been hanging out for about a year, uh, quite a lot. And she's like, how long have you lived in Halifax? And I was like, two years, or three years. And she's like, you've only been hanging out with me for a year. And I just said to her, yeah, dude. Because I was crazy, <laughs> understanding that owning the word doesn't stigmatize the crazy. My yeah. father's a psychiatrist. It's yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And I also had really dark thoughts. Not like I want to die, but like I remember I was on a plane. Mm. I was flying a lot during that time because I didn't think there was anything wrong with me or that I didn't deserve to have a break. And so I was still traveling the country doing public speaking. Awesome idea. Anyway, so I get on a plane and I remember this one time we were just turning, really sharp turn. And I thought, I didn't want the plane to crash exactly. Yeah. But I was thinking, oh, it would be so relaxing. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that would be. It it might be tense for a little while, but then, yeah, there would be this moment of what may be relaxation. But I, um, you know, I I wanted to question you or ask you, not question you, um, because you've done uh, what I consider to be several very brave things in your life. Um, Uh One of them was just a little thing that happened when you, you, I'm sure you remember it, but you were working at a private school in Bedford, Nova Scotia, or you had been given a job there, and they had taken away uh-huh. your job because uh-huh. of the character you portrayed in Trailer Park Boys, which is a prostitute. Not a prostitute, absolutely not. Well, which was Lucy, Ricky's girlfriend. Yeah, so she was. She had sort of, um, she swore a lot. Yeah, yeah, she, she was actually, edgy. And she, and she used her sexuality. Listen, I'm trying to make the show sound feminist. It's not. Yeah. yeah, Lucy had a lascivious approach to life and uh, maybe uh, commodified her body. Okay, sure. so you, you took that head on, you know, you took mm. that head on. The other thing that you did, which to me a lot of people don't know about, and you mentioned Gian Gameshi in this interview, uh-huh. is you were uh-huh. the original, I'm out, this is who I am, this is my name, that, that, that kind of whistle blew Gian Gameshi. And was that hard for you? Like, did you have trepidation with that? Did you have, you must have had feelings around that? How, how was yeah, that for um, you? I mean, my, my feelings sort of have changed so much over the time. But, like, when I first decided to speak to the press about my experience with uh, that guy, yeah. um, I didn't expect that it was actually going to be of interest to anybody because he was big on the radio. Right. And I thought that it would be a two-day news story. Yeah. Or it's a news cycle. Yeah. And I also thought, like, I had no option. Yeah. Like, of course I was going to... And I had a fr- this guy who I stayed with who let me sleep on a sofa when I couldn't ever sleep. Yeah. He, it was actually, he approached me and he asked me if I'd be willing to speak to this, to Jesse Brown about it. Yeah. And so that's an endorsement. And also, Jesse Brown's article literally had no typos because I didn't know that the Toronto Sun yeah. and the Toronto Star are two different publications. Right. <laughs> But they really are yeah. very different yeah. approach. So, to me, like, of course, I was like, I didn't think that I had a story to tell. But my my impetus for sharing my experience was like, I didn't have any tie to the guy, and I didn't feel like it was going to impact our friendship because we didn't have one. Yeah. And I knew that I wasn't going to get fired from my job. I didn't have any children that I knew of, um, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't have. I wasn't in a precarious relationship, and if my parents didn't like it, they just dislike so much of what's happened to me that it's really like nothing. Yeah. So I was yeah. like, so I did the math, and I was like, hey, I'll talk to this guy. Um, I have no problem with it because what I'm saying isn't it's true. Yeah. And also, um, it's just a news story. Nobody cares, and because he's big on the radio. Yeah. At, yeah. In the morning when people go to work, like yeah. I didn't really get it. Yeah. Um, and it seemed like he had. You know, assaulted a bunch of people. Yeah. Allegedly, who he had assaulted in a way that was painfully similar to what he'd done for me. And I just remember reading this article and thinking, oh, I guess he just does that. 
Yeah, huh. right. Interesting. So I had no trepidation. And then I had to make the decision, am I going to go to the police or not? And right. I was totally not going to because I didn't really feel like doing that. Yeah, yeah. And I also didn't know what going to the police meant. Right. And I, I figured that it would trigger an investigation, but I didn't think there was going to be a trial. I didn't really get it. Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't know anything about the legal system. Yeah. So I made sure... I let it slip to CBC that I was going to be at the police station at a certain time right. because I wanted women who he had damaged gravely because what happened between him and I was a, not great. Like, yeah. it's no way to treat somebody. Yeah. But I knew that worse things had happened with other people yeah. because they had told me. Yeah. So, um, he, so I went to the police not understanding that that was going to trigger a disaster sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't until... I saw that he got arrested like a few weeks later and I was <laughs> I was in um, my office and a guy that I work with was just watching the live feed of him surrounded by a scrum. Right. And I ha I was like, oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I had a few very specific feelings. Like one, this guy is like, could go to jail. Yeah. Not likely, but possibly. Yeah. Two... Um, uh, well, I am going, I don't remember what the third one was, but I remember thinking I'm going to be, I guess I'm going to be in the center of that at yeah. some point. Yeah. And so that was, a, and, and then too, around before, before he got arrested, people started writing to me. Yeah. Yeah. And they start like, I, I had had this. I, I'm, I'm not really somebody who cries very much or, or really gets freaked out by very much. Yeah. Um, or maybe I do, but I diffuse it because my father's a psychiatrist and feelings are bad. Yeah. Um, sorry if my father's listening to this. <laughs> feelings are great. Um, but I had been, I was at work and I was in a, I worked with, in the Air Force and I was in a classified zone. So yeah. I couldn't have a telephone with me. So I went to my car to check my phone and there was a message from a friend talking about how she had heard that a friend of hers, and when I say heard, I'm trying to make it sound like there's a possibility this didn't happen, but it, I mean, it likely did, yeah. that um, she had been hospital hospitalized after spending time with this guy. Right. And yeah. that made me start to think, this is bad. Yeah. And I went to go see my boss, and I was like, I think I've bitten off a little more than I can chew. Or than I can chew. Yeah. yeah. And he looked at me, and he, he laughed, and he, he, used a, he used a bad word, John. Yeah, yeah. Um. And also, too, the night before, I, I know I'm going in spirals a bit, but the night before the Gameshi case, the, the story that I did yeah. with uh, Jesse Brown and stuff came out, I could not sleep. I was totally freaked out, and I felt like, I felt like the psychic weight was coming down on me. And then when the story broke, I felt like absolute garbage. Keep in mind that all of this was happening in, in a psychic, oh, that sounds kind of trippy. Anyway. Yeah. In a in a in my imagination, I was literally alone in my house with my cats. Yeah. But yeah. I felt an energetic shift, and um, and part of that was because I was reading the internet, and part of that was because uh, I just had a bad feeling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're we're out of time, Lucy. Unfortunately. Oh uh, God, I'm sorry. But that's okay. No, you 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 and I both tend to go on when we're given the given the uh, opportunity. However, I do get to go on, but you've done your segment. I, I really appreciate you taking this call, and I really appreciate you being a part of this, Lucy. Well, I hope that uh, I got the right answers. You sure do. You, the, uh, all the answers are the right answers for sure. 
sure. Well, um, hey, thanks for uh, letting me chat with you. Yeah. And what, this is going to turn into a different conversation that might be a bit blue offline later. Okay, sounds fine. All right, Lucy. <laughs> uh, enjoy the rest of your chat. Thank you. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Our Anxiety Stories, the Anxiety Canada podcast with John Bateman. Check out anxietycanada.com for more anxiety resources, including our app MindShift CBT. And if you like what you hear, please consider making a donation. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Until next time.